Hello and welcome to another episode of Talkin' BS. My name is Van Santos and as always I'm joined by my old pal Corey Bell. This week we had a discussion about risk. We talked about the different kinds of risks that are out there, whether that be risks to your health, your reputation, or any other fears that one may have. We talked about how risk affects our decision-making in our personal and professional lives. We had an absolute blast with this one, and we shared a ton of stories about times that we took risks and whether we regretted them or not. As a reminder, you can follow us on Twitter at Talkin underscore B underscore S, and you can, of course, find us on all major podcasting platforms, including Anchor, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify Podcasts. You are now listening to episode five on risk. This is Talking BS. Kind of a, an ideological thought for you this week. Okay. All right. So just thinking about it a little bit, and I've gotten to a couple different things that we'll address, obviously, but a little bit more uh, kind of that making you think a little bit. It's more of a, more of a thought here, but I want to talk about risk. I want risk. to talk. I want to talk about taking are you talking, risks. Are you talking about the game, like the, the board game risk? Have you ever played the board game? <laughs> yes. It's, it's been 14 very- hours of hell. All right. <laughs> No one needs to it's play been a that very game. long been a very long time. Never play that game again. I've played it I played it one time. It's worse than Monopoly, all right? It is it is it is terrible. But besides the board game, the actual the actual concept of risk and its uh its its kind of effects whether or not you consider yourself a risky person, the so on and the like, we will kind of get into a little bit of all of this, but uh but the overarching topic of risk. Risk this is something that I know a lot about after going to law school for four years. <laughs> I would I say so. Like, and, and the funny thing is, when we started talking about this idea, uh, I, I just kept thinking about me. My, my mom always told me that I was born 40. I was known. They all called me in, in our household of five people, three boys, and then my mom and my dad. I was known as grandpa at age 15. <laughs> Yep. So I was always the guy that was, uh, I'm answering a question that we'll talk about later, but I was always the guy that was not going to take the risk because didn't want to get in trouble. Didn't want somebody to get hurt all the above. I was the, uh, the safe bet guy. So I I was looking forward to this conversation because, uh, risk goes into every decision you make, I think. Man, and, and it's funny. You were the grandpa, and I had a 19 showing, and I was saying, hit me. I want that 21. I mean, I was going yes. for it without, without yeah. question. It never, it never crossed my mind to not <laughs> go big and go home. That's just the way it was. So we, uh, we had a nice balance and, and kind of level-headedness to us when we were combined. <laughs> I'm not going to say you were a devil, but you were definitely the devil on the one shoulder, and I was the angel on the other. I mean, that's extreme, but... That was about how the balance worked. Listen, apparently this this concept has not changed. We just had to go through, I say just, it was about a year ago. We ha- Our company has a thing. It's called LDP. It's a leadership development program. 
And we all went through this in uh, in Baltimore at our corporate headquarters, and they bring in this outside agency. It's this whole thing. Anyway, at the very end, they're like, all right, act out a skit. You can come up with anything and everything you want to, but act out a skit, do whatever. You can do it with you know as many people as you want, whatever. They, they did not care. There were no rules. So just, what did you learn? It's kind of how it went. And without fail, I mean, like it was, was I have three pretty good friends of same similar position within the company. And we decided to do the skit together and uh, we wanted to do the devil and the angel on the manager's shoulder and dealing with an employee problem type deal. Right. That was our skit. Gotcha. Without yep. hesitation. I asked the question, we were coming up with this idea at dinner and I was like, well, who's going to play the devil? Everyone like, well, you. And I was like, what, 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 what is my reputation? Like, why did everyone people... said Corey? I, I'm, I'm, apparently I'm the devil. I'm oh, the devil. Funny, man. I mean, if I go to the water boy, man, his mama won't like me. <laughs> that's funny, man. I, uh, I, I feel like we get a, We got a kind of a trend going on here with defining what we're talking about before we start. But again, I feel like to give context, you got to think about what does risk mean to you? I didn't, I didn't look up at a definition this time, but, uh, <laughs> I feel like risk is any sort of like any chance that something bad can go wrong. I, I feel like that's probably the best way I could think about it. When I think about risk, I'm like, all right, there's, there's a chance that something negative happens and that could be like harm, like bodily harm. It could be like reputational harm. It could be like something negative that could could affect you or others negatively if there's a chance of that i consider that risk in my in my head what are your you yeah the, the way i would the way i word it i guess is uh, is the perception of endangerment right mm -hmm. so in my mind it's it's a little bit more subjective okay and and i think that because i think that the amount of risk the level of risk can vary even if it's the same decision or same you know, situation from person to person. I may not care as much about my reputation. If, if I decide to go through with this, you might. And it's a lot higher of a risk for you than it might be for me. Or I might be going into it with a, a lot better of a reputation. So if I lose a little bit, it's not that bad. You may not have, you know what I'm saying? Like there, there's, there's varying degrees. So I think it's a little definitely subjective. Uh, but th that's, that's kind of just a short synopsis. The, the perception of endangerment would be the way that I would try to uh, define it. If it were. I, I think those are both pretty spot on. I totally agree with the subjective nature of it. Uh, I think there's some things that are objective. I think the bodily harm one is pretty objective, but then you think about Fair. it too. <laughs> some people don't really care about their well-being, um, <laughs> depending on how high the risk is. I mean, people are willing to jump out of a perfectly fine airplane with a little bit of fabric behind them that is going to slow their fall as they would you do that would you would ground. you jump out of a play uh, and this is where it's subjective the my answer is subjective when i was 21 years old i probably might have done that i'm that was contradictory but i thought about doing that when i was younger at 31 absolutely not I've worked too hard. I've, I've grinded so much to get here. I've got so much that I'm looking forward to, so much life that I'm looking forward to live. Absolutely not. I, I don't see, there's not a single scenario where I jump out of an airplane. I, I'm still just, doing not, a heartbeat. I would still I, do it I, in a heartbeat. Now, now you ask me when I'm 60, 
I might jump out of an airplane. <laughs> you know, I mean, then you got nothing to lose. I mean, I, it was a good I, run. Yeah, that's you know, <laughs> at that point. So uh, I totally agree that it's that it's subjective. Well, I feel like we just made plans for when we're sixty years old. You know, deal. We, we had we had our first tattoo together, and now we're going to yep. die together jumping out of yep. an airplane. <laughs> yep. Yep. Oh point, man, no. I mean, point, fun. point break, point break style. One of us jumps out of the plane with a parachute, and the other tries to catch the other with a gun. And then, <laughs> listen, you do what you got to do. Or did you ever watch uh, like Travis Pastrana? I forgot what his shows. Nitro Circus. Nitro. That's what Circus. it was called. So good. He jumped out of one plane with no parachute and landed in another plane. I never saw that, but that, that sounds happened. like the most Pastrana thing ever. I I love that dude. He, he is amazing that's someone who doesn't care about his body yeah yeah i don't know how i don't know how he makes those decisions it's got to be just the love of the adrenaline the love of the that thing that you're searching for whatever that is i don't know um he did i i listened to an episode of another podcast with him and he was talking about that and uh it just takes a different kind of person to to, to do those things, especially when you later in life, when you have kids, when you have, you've worked hard for things. I think a big part of that is you've built something when you're younger, you don't have that same, uh, that same, like, you don't have as much to lose. Yeah. You don't feel like you have as much to lose. Cause you're, you're new here. You're new in the room, you know, new at the party. Uh, what's up guys. I'm new. I'll jump out of an airplane. <laughs> Gotta make a name for yourself. Somehow. Later, later on, you've got things that you've loved. You've lost people. You've lost things, and you learn what it is to lose. And it's like I don't want to experience that. So, I totally think that that risk is a subjective, subjective thing. No, I would agree. I would agree. Do you do you think overall? And and again, we kind of went more. You're gonna die with that for a second, but true in, in life in general. You know, there's definitely you know we can bring it back to the sliding scale. Uh, you know, different different sides of it for risk. But uh, would you consider yourself a risky person just in life in I, general? When we were prepping for this, when I was prepping for this, I I was going to bring up the sliding scale, and I, I knew, <laughs> and I'm glad you brought it up. I, I I would consider myself a safer person, and that is, and I don't I don't know if that's good or not. I think, in later in life, I've learned to take more risks because I do feel like with greater risks, there's more of a reward sometimes with certain things. Again, I'm not talking about bodily harm or like health, you know, I think with like personal decisions, like with relationships or with business decisions, sometimes you got to take a big leap and, you know, in order to get ahead and sometimes that works out and sometimes it doesn't. So I think that is one of those things up until this point in my life, I've been a very safe person. And I think in the last probably two or three years, I've very much learned to jump when I got that gut feeling that says, all right, this is risky, but it feels right. And I'm just going to go for it. And it's really worked out well, a lot of times. And there's, you know, that's what a risk is. There's, you know, sometimes it hasn't. So I think, I think, I think at a base level, I'm, I'm a, a safer person. I think I, I avoid. I risk. agree. I don't think you avoid it, but I, you you take calculated risk. You're very calculated uh, and, and strategic about any risk that you do take. Uh, and usually, if you're going to take a larger risk, you're taking it, you know, with somebody there with you. <laughs> so that way, at least, you know, it kind of helps someone, you feel a little better. Yeah, someone that can document it and give me an alibi. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. You know, it's fine. 
It's fine. But so I know this was not something that we really talked about before uh, tonight, but it kind of, I don't know, it just popped in my head a little bit. Do you think that there's anything in your life where you decided not to take the risk that is now a little bit more of a regret? Ooh. Yeah. That's not, I mean, it's not nothing, it's nothing that we even kind of yeah. remotely discussed, but I think it kind of goes hand in hand in a way. You know, I think this is a larger, this is going to be a good segue into a question that I had coming in, but I think it goes into the, uh, the psychology of making a decision too. And I think the reason why I'm a little bit more safe is because I do make calculated risks. And sometimes when I do those calculations, it comes out 50, 50. Mm. And so then, then you're frozen. Then you got the deer in the headlights and it's like, what should I do? And then it's like, well, I could do this, but then I could do that. And then next thing you know, you spend seven days going back and forth and back and forth. And then at that point, you don't even know. You're, you're so confused. Um, this is not a good admission at this point, but I'm going to say this. I was, I was, and we'll never have to be this ever again, but I was terrible at breaking up with people. <laughs> you know, I can vouch for that. Yeah, for this, I, I can vouch for, for that. And honestly, for this reason, exactly. This is it because, you know, on one hand, well, you've got all these pros. Oh, but, but then I can start convincing myself of these neg of the cons Oh, but, ah, but there's also that, that pro over here. Ah, but then also there's the con if the pro, and then next thing you know, you're just stuck. You're stuck in the middle. So at this point, I've totally forgotten what your actual question was, but any, any regrets, <laughs> any, any regrets for any not taking regrets? the leap? I do think that sometimes taking the leap is not for a positive. Sometimes in this case, it would be for negative. I do think that I had, I think I stayed in relationships longer when I knew that I should have pulled the plug earlier. And the risk of that was missing out on something. It was FOMO, to be honest. Yep. And I think one of my, my couple of my biggest regrets would be like, if it's not working, it's time to get out. And, you know, if it's not working, then you're really not missing out on anything. And that's something that comes with time and age. They don't teach you how to be in a relationship when you're, when you're young. Um, so, but I, as far as, you know, other business decisions. I think one of the big things that really like, one of the things that always kind of irks me is, is the music thing. I, you know, you have all of these big dreams. You're going to play on stages in front of millions of people and, and you chase that for a little while. And, and how far do you push that? And, and that whole concept for me was a, a risk assessment, right? So we're playing these shows and when we start, there's five people there and then there's 15 and then there's 30. And then if the biggest show is 250, but then you start playing shows and there's 15 people there, what's, you know, are we weighing the pros and cons? Are we really making progress? You know? And so maybe one of the regrets would have been not just really going all out towards that. Um, and that there's a lot of complex factors that went into that, but that would probably be one. And you know, the thing is the risk was it, for that, for anyone is so high. Yeah. Could I, could I have tried to practice longer and play harder and put myself out there for another band or another act? Or could I have tried to do my own thing? That's a, those are all really hard decisions. And am I talented enough? Do you, you question yourself along the way? Any, any of that creative, artistic, musical stuff that's, you know, very high risk. Uh, and you know, the odds are stacked against you. Do I regret it? I think it kind of like eats away at you a little bit, but I don't regret it because I love my life now. And I've got a lot of things that I'm 
happy about and proud of. But if I had to point at one thing that kind of just like sticks with me and said, could you have been riskier and just gone for it? Could I have lived in a van and traveled around the world and lived poor for a while? <laughs> you know, maybe, but that time has passed. So listen, you, you, know. you couldn't have done it because you, if you wouldn't have been able to afford your hair gel, you would have ah. never been able to last. You got, I mean, come on now. Man, we're, we're both, no. <laughs> hey, I need my, I need my showers. Man. <laughs> I need my showers. <laughs> See, I think so, for, what, for me, I'm more divided, right? Yeah. What about you? I think professionally it's a lot more mitigated. It's a lot more calculated, right? It's a lot more, yep. You know, yes, there, you know, in business, there is a risk to any and everything that you do. And you need, honestly, what what sucks with business and in that decision is that the business, like from a corporate standpoint, they want you to kind of keep the status quo. They don't really want you to take a risk, but you're only going to kind of make that growth if you take a couple calculated risks. So it's kind of a juxtaposition there when you look at it from a corporate world. And I, I feel like I've learned how to walk that tightrope. I mean, I've been able to be pretty successful uh, from a professional capacity. Uh, so that's that's been great and definitely a lot more, uh, like I said, you know, a little bit more mitigated, I think. Uh, now, personally, and I think this has to do with a lot of my impulsive decisions. <laughs> yeah, let's go. You know, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be a little bit more, more risky. I will say, you know, the past six years since having, you know, a son, I, I have, you know, toned down quite a bit with some of those risks that I'd be willing to take. Um, you know, I'm not just getting in the car on the weekends now and driving seven hours to go see a show or something anymore. I'm not, you know, going to jump out of that airplane. I'm not going to go get another tattoo just on a whim. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff anymore. Uh, but I definitely used to, I mean, you know, it's, it's, there's a, there's a, there's a growth and maturity level, I think, to how you approach risk. And and that's something that I think that I've been able to develop. Now I'm still probably a little bit more willing to go take a a larger risk on a, uh, you know, on, on a, on a game like the Mac game that we got tonight. You know, I may, (laughs) I may, I may put 50 bucks on it, not knowing anything, but just having a little fun, you know, between gambling and betting, there's a two very distinct things. All right. Uh, the, the two words that are different and they both matter, but you know, i that, that's kind of where I'm getting, you know, uh, a little bit more action from, uh, nowadays is, is stuff like that. That's, that's not really going to impact too many people or too many other things. You know, I, I try to look at it, especially now, right. With, uh, with trying to get into public service and, and being in the public eye, uh, any and all risks and all these even personal decisions, they're going to be made very, very public. Um, you know, for, for any and all to, to see. So, you know, a lot of these people will take a risk, you know, very dumbly and, uh, you know, go, go out with, uh, you know, another girl, go out and do something they shouldn't do. And they know they shouldn't do They get caught. I mean, that, that's, that's the risk, right? I mean, do you really want to do the means justify the ends? I, you know, I don't see the common sense approach to a lot of these things that a lot of people do. It just doesn't make sense to me. If, if you want, if you want an end goal in sight, you know, the, the risks that you take along the way do build up to that, right? I mean, you talked about, you know, some of the things that you did or didn't do, but it doesn't matter because you're happy with where you are now, right? I mean, it doesn't matter, you know, what, how many girls you dated and didn't break up with when you wanted to, it, it honestly eventually led you, you know, down each stepping stone to where you are now, which is about to be 
walking down the aisle. So I'd say that's a pretty good idea right there. You know, that's that, that definitely ain't bad. I, I agree. I have a plethora of thoughts after you just spoke for about 18 minutes. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> first of all, you got to reel me in, man. Cause I'll just I, go. I know. You know I I'm going to give forever. you some nods or something at some point. Like I'm going to start playing the music, you know, the Oscar music. It's like, <laughs> all right, let's get them off the stage. You pull up, the Apollo. Yes, exactly. All right. So first of all, I can testify you have calmed down so much. I tell, I tell a lot of people close to me, obviously that, and now, and now everyone in this podcast, yeah, everybody, yeah. Uh, that you've matured very, very well. I don't know if we would have, I don't know if we would be as good of friends as we are. Had you not like tapered off a little bit <laughs> because yeah, well, we probably would have died. Death, I mean. <laughs> death or incarceration was on the table. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I'm being dramatic. Uh, but, a lot of good stories though. <laughs> but, but you did, I remember early on, like when we first met and just really being young and through college air and then you going to the Navy in that little time span, I felt like sometimes you're just like, F it, let's flip a coin. <laughs> like, like that's fair. What, if it's tail, <laughs> if it's tails, we're going left. And if it's heads, we're going right. And, uh, and so, yeah, man, it, but it, but it also, you know, it was one of those things. I, I, we had a lot of fun. We had so much fun. I had more fun by being friends with you who would take risks and you ended up not in trouble because you had a friend like me who would make sure that we were calculated. So, it was very much a yin and yang thing. A lot of stories there uh, that we could go into and that we shall, but I will testify. You have, you have leveled out a lot. You got one, bring it on. I got, I got one, just one. And, and I'll, and I'll leave it be, but what about the impromptu trip? So I had just finished uh, my school in Charleston, yes. uh, getting through the nuclear program. Yes. This and one. I called, I called you up and I'm like, Hey man, I've got to go to Jacksonville and find a, an apartment to rent. Yes. Um, I've got to go all weekend. I, you know, I don't really know anybody. I'm going to come pick you up and we're just going to go. And I picked you up and we picked Sebastian. And we up. picked up Sebastian, but, uh, better known at that time as the tripod. It was a super bad reference. It's not a big deal, but yes, we were the tripod. <laughs> <laughs> and then we, we end up, I, I was like, dude, I'll pay for everything. Let's go. And, and we went and, uh, we're in your Jeep, right? Do you have a Wrangler? We're in the, I did. I had the Wrangler then. Yes. Dude, I've gone through like 80 cars know, too. So it's always hard to keep up. Uh, but yeah, I had the Wrangler then. And so we, we drove down. Uh, we got the Kapua suite the Kapua out on the suite. beach. That is um, a forgetting Sarah Marshall reference. Oh, dude, so many. Uh, yeah. By the way, we're not leaving these out there for our audience to guess. We're just going to give them, give them the reference. So we get, we get to this hotel and they, I mean, it was a regular room, but we get up to the top and we're just so excited. Cause what are we? 21, 22, 23. What are we? We were 21. Sebastian oh, was still right. 20. That's right. We were 21. Sebastian was 20. But we get up to this room. We're at the beach. We're in Jacksonville. It's actually kind of cold, if I remember correctly, a little bit. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like wasn't as cool. But we get up to the room. We're just feeling ourselves. And we're like, welcome to the Kapua Suite. It's a fact. We actually that was when Foursquare was big. Yeah. So we renamed it Foursquare the Kapua Suite. The Kapua Suite. And, so uh, we end up going out, right? Yeah. Um, we there's there's two kind of things that happened when we went out that night. Uh, one, we couldn't get into real bars for a second because Sebastian was underage. Sebastian was twenty, and he couldn't. And so we found get in. We found a bar that let us in, and we didn't really think about it. They just said, "Yeah, sure." And so we went in. And I come to I found out later uh, that was a underage. Uh, a, apparently gay bar 
there was a lot of okay okay in our defense there was a lot of smoke inside not it was like a fog machine a fog like was, that's what i mean i mean yeah. a fog machine so we go in this place and it's just foggy everywhere you can't see anything i can't i don't you know there's no cues there's no uh there's no 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 vibes that are coming it's just fog everywhere and we're just happy fog, we're just dancing, happy to be 21 music we go to the bar and then it starts to sink in pretty fast at one point uh well sebastian would get hit on hard yep uh, our little our little colombian friend yep. was uh yep. th- yeah yeah it, it got uh, so we got out of there i'm just gonna end it there which we got is out of fine there. we're not judging at all we're just it was not a situation that we knew we were walking into <laughs> nope so, so we so we leave and then we went to i think it was called lemon bar and uh, they let us in no issues <sighs> and that is where and, and I still, I know it's not true, but I still hold that it is true. We met Vinny from the Jersey Shore. I still hold true okay. to that. I know it's not true, the, but the dude was Vinny from the Jersey okay. Shore. Yes, this man looks just like Vinny from the Jersey Shore. And, and I'm pretty sure he was trying to pass it off like he was. I think we were convinced because I think he went along with it. I think you or I went up to him or somebody did and was like, yo, Vinny. And, it, and uh, as Newfound Glory said, it's all downhill from here. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So that's, that's that was a heck very, of a story, man. And that was such a great, it was a, and it was an impromptu last minute bro story, bro trip. Yep. And we got you down there. We did end up looking at apartments the next day. I think we looked at two. All right. We went to the first one and it was basically on UNF's campus. We walked around. There were a bunch of very pretty girls <laughs> and we said, this is where I'm going to stay. We then drove up to Yulee, Florida, home of uh, your boy, King Henry, boy. and realized that that was too far from, yes. you know, civilization. And so those are the only two apartments that I saw. Uh, funny enough, Brad lived in that apartment complex in Yulee that we went and visited. So we could have, me and Brad could have been neighbors. Shout out Brad. Yeah. Uh, shout out Brad. My Navy buddy. What's up? Gotta love. Uh, but yeah, love so Brad. ended up staying at just the uh, the very first place we saw that had a bunch of pretty girls up by a nice pool uh which coincidentally weirdly enough once katie moved in with me we only stayed there for like three more months and she was like yeah we're leaving and you got a house i don't get you got it. a house right yeah we got a house so okay because apparently let's could stay at the apartment anymore. i'm gonna i'm gonna rope this back into where we left this <laughs> off because we were we were somewhere far 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 away so one i can testify that you were a risk taker and when you were younger and you're not as much anymore which i like uh, but we're still enough, but still you are enough. Also, you created a new word. It was dumbly, or maybe it is a real word. And I just don't know. Sounds like a real word. Uh, dumbly. Are we sure about that? Well, I'm going to go with it. We'll fact check that. And then the, uh, the outro, I will confirm if it's a real word or not. Uh, and then last but not I'm call Webster and, right and now. Then, and then this is a, this is a solid segue. You, you brought up public opinion. So yep. that is one where I feel like health, you think about risks, people taking health risks, you know, most people are out to protect their own health interests, but public opinion, it shocks me in 2020, how little people care about what other people think about them and they know they're right. And they will just absolutely blast whatever. I'm not going to say garbage, but sometimes it is garbage. They're going to blast whatever opinion out and they don't care who they offend. They don't care how that makes them look. We talked about it briefly on the social media pod, but you know those things come back. You know, um, they come they come back to you. So, I uh, I definitely do. think I mean, the, I get... the risk of a public uh, of a public issue is obviously bigger for public figures, 
But even for people yep. like us that are, that just have lives that could be altered by some altered public opinion, that's, that's a risk. I mean, it is, you're putting yourself out there. I mean, think about doing this podcast. This is, this is getting out there for public opinion. This is a risk. I right? made a calculated I mean, decision to do this with you. <laughs> you, you decided within three seconds of me bringing it okay. up. So I don't know how calculated okay. that was. It took very little convincing because I calculated <laughs> the risk and I said, I'm not going to curse. I'm not going to say anything controversial. We're not going to talk about politics, which, which we did, but it's not out yet, but it will be, you know, I think we're, I'm, I'm getting out of the comfort zone a little bit. I'm also not trying to offend anybody and I'm not really an offensive person in general. So I wasn't too worried about that, but yes, this, this right here is, this is definitely a risk to put yourself out. I mean, I mean this is a risk. Think about where both of us want to be in 10 years. Absolutely. Right? I mean, they, they can always come back and pull some of these things and hear some of these dumb stories or these dumb anecdotes or, you know, we, we have stated uh, a few of our opinions that might be a little controversial, uh, you know, over, over these few pods. And we will continue to probably do that. Um, you know, do we believe them? Yeah. That's why we said them, but it's always a risk. There's always a risk to putting something out there, you know, just even in the little, little bit of fanfare that we do have now. All right. So with that being said, I'm going to take this opportunity to publicly, uh, do a little, little take back, a little backtrack, a, a little backtrack here. I took, I took a lot of flack and I, maybe I was just caught up in the moment, caught up in the season. Alabama football is in my blood. It's in my name. I can't, there's, there's no bigger part of me as far as sports go. It is Alabama football. Number one, everything else. Number two, doesn't matter. So that is it. I, I officially retract my statement. Also, I will not retract this. I love Kimberly to death and I will, I will say go Gators when it is applicable. I'm never going to cheer for them in the SEC <sighs> championship game. I will dog them and we will you know everything but but the first one is is true when we see you at thanksgiving remind me of this uh jonah does love doing okay. the gator job kimberly will kimberly will love kimberly that. will love it love that she'll show you she'll eat it up all right so public up. opinion uh listen it, it definitely it definitely matters right and it, it depends on you know kind of your persona it, it but it really i don't know if it does i take i, I immediately regret what i just said because that's not true at all I think it has a bigger impact depending on your persona. But I've said this before, even if you're going in for a job interview, people are going to pull, you know, your social media accounts. And if you get something on that is too controversial, they won't Absolutely. hire you. I mean, it, it, it is a truth. You know, I, I'm all for taking risks and having fun. But those, a lot of those stupid risks that we took 10, 15 years ago weren't documented. You know, so you've got to be careful about that kind of stuff. That's that's really, you know, what you want to see, because it, it can be held against you. You know, just like we were saying, 10 years down the road, our opinions might be held against us. So, uh, it, so true. And this segues into the social social media podcast. But it's uh, anything you put out there online. It's you know, it's frozen. It's backed up somewhere. You know, you win the lottery tomorrow and then you decide to run for office or you come into some money and you buy a company and the next thing you know, you're, I mean, who, who knows? You don't know where you, you know, you're going to be. I think we both have big aspirations, but you don't know what they could pull off MySpace, dude. Do you know what your MySpace said? I have no idea. I have no idea. I was probably 11 years old. Not a clue what was on my MySpace. I know. I know one thing that was on my MySpace. 
Van Santos was in my top hey, eight friends. I do is. know that. There it is. <laughs> uh, so I, uh, you know, yes, it's it's. Did you say Young Jeezy was on Jay Z, not Young Jeezy. Oh, Although okay. we did love some, we did lo- either or. We did we love a great that song one song. With some young Jeezy. That one, one Young Jeezy song, Soul Oh Survivor, man. So. All right, yeah, we gotta get yeah, back into get this. We're getting, we're, we're, getting, we're, getting we're, we're getting too far off. We're getting too far off. Drifting. All right, you mentioned health, okay? Right, and I think that we we haven't really mentioned this in any of the episodes so far, but I think it would be, uh, you know, kind of paramount for us to talk about this for a minute. But there's a risk right now with COVID nineteen. Oh, we're doing this. Right, we're doing this. We're there here. Is. We're doing. I'm it. not. I'm just listen. kidding. I, I, I'm just kidding. We, we talked should. about this. We're going to do it. I, I was fake. That was fake surprise. And you're right. We should, because there are definite risks. There are definite risks out there that are associated with this. I think the obvious risk is health, right? So you going out and going in public and do you wear a mask? Do you not wear a mask? Do you go to a movie theater? Do you not? Do you go to a restaurant? Do you go to a bar with 250 people where you're standing shoulder to shoulder? All of those things prevent health risks. There are also other risks of putting your opinion out there online and having people cut you out or because of your opinion, whatever that is. So there's a, there's a lot, you know, it's very polarized, uh, topic. It's, it's become political, which I I just, it, it baffles me that it has come to that. Um, you know, if it's, if it's, it's a legitimate disease, it's a legitimate virus, it can legitimately kill, maybe not me and you. Like let's let's you know try to be as real with this as we can. We're both young, healthy guys. If we were to contract it, we'd probably be okay. Probably suck for a week or two, but we'd probably be okay. What I think the concern is is passing that along to someone who may not be okay. That's at least my concern and my risk about why I do some of the things and and take some of the precautions that I do. I mean, even right now. I'm staying in a hotel while we're doing this podcast because I'm, I'm traveling for work. Uh, but even traveling for work, you know, this is probably the third time I've stayed overnight. I try to make day trips. I try not to, I try to limit exposure as much as possible. I wear a mask. I have a spray Mrs. Meyer sanitizer. That's basically always with me, uh, you know, try to sanitize and, uh, you know, keep distance, social distancing the whole nine. Uh, you know, it's, it's definitely, it's a different world and you've already done this, but one of the things that I've been thinking about is actually like the risk of, uh, going even, even with all the precautions right now of going to like a sport sporting event, a, a game or something, Right. you know, uh, my, uh, my, my, my dad and my brother, we have a kind of a bucket list and a tradition that is going to be broken this year, which kind of sucks. But every year we go to a different SEC football stadium. Right. Um, and so we were actually talking before this latest spike over the last couple of weeks about going to Arkansas. Um, you know, I think we play them, what, on the 5th of December? Something, I don't know, I can't remember, something like that. Uh, so we were talking about going out there for that, uh, which now is not going to happen. I mean, so it's not something that, that we'd be uh, as willing to do, especially being around, you know, some of the grandparents and stuff that – you know, listen, they may be okay, but there's a lot greater of a risk of them not being okay. So, I, you know, in my mind, I'd rather see somebody or, you know, be more precautious and take a, a risk averse year 
out of my life that, yeah, it's going to suck, then take, you know, someone's life. That's, that's kind of the way that I look at it uh, from that perspective. But, um, you know, you've, you've been to games. You've done some things. So I'm curious your risk assessment when it comes Interjection to Interjection side story. I went <laughs> to Arkansas Stadium with my dad in 2009, maybe, maybe 2010. And I will tell you, this is one of the best father-son trips ever. We rarely get to go anywhere by ourselves because it's usually, I've got two brothers. So we're always either in a family setting or it's all the boys or whatever, for whatever reason. I I mean, I was in Jackson, Tennessee going to school and I don't know if I got the tickets from someone or he did last minute, but we decided he was going to meet me up in like Memphis or Jackson. And we were just going to drive over together. Hella long drive. I think it was like 10, 12 hours, a lot longer (laughs) than you'd think. Uh, so we get over there and I think, I think we did Jaeger bombs for the, you had a full cooler because you kept sending me Uh, pictures. Well, text imaging was a new thing then Corey. (laughs) So what, what had happened was a couple months before that we had gone down to Birmingham for a music festival together. Me and my dad, I'm saying we have no trips, just the two of us. And these two trips happened like a couple months apart. Anyways, we got the, we got bit by the Jaeger bomb bug. So we we were all about the Jaeger bombs. We roll up to Fayetteville, Arkansas and something that you may not know, and you won't learn this year. Unfortunately, I'm sorry. That was a, that was a subtle dig. There are, it's all dry. The whole state is basically dry. There's, there's very few wet counties. So we tried to stop and get beer along the way to the stadium multiple times and I had to look up a map of what counties were not dry in Arkansas. <laughs> so we finally get within, and like the county that Fayetteville is in is dry, but for whatever, there's some workaround where they can sell it at like bars around the stadium. Anyways, what I'm getting at is you should absolutely do that trip. It is very pretty up there. It rained that day. We did win. I don't know if I remember the exact score. Oh wait, it was 52 to zero. I do remember that exactly because we also beat them 52 to zero the next year as well. So in two years, Alabama beat Arkansas by combined combined 104 to, to zero points. That's Corey. You realize that anybody that listens to us from Arkansas, I know hates us now. That's you just say you didn't want to offend anybody. You're offending all of our, Arkansas the only person that I know that's kind of even a fringe Arkansas person is Evan tone. Shout out Evan. I know you're listening to this somewhere on your route at work and it was 104 to zero dude i'm sorry <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry uh hey, and that's look, that's pretty good uh, what, what's pretty his name good. the coach not uh patino but uh what was it what was it patrina Bobby patrina patrina patrino there it is he shouldn't have driven patrina. that motorcycle you know what i'm saying so that's that's on him that's on him uh that was all that that's a risk that he didn't need risks. to take and they all say you should get a burner phone. I have, a, I, have a, I have an idea. Maybe don't do those bad things in the first place, but it's not a big deal. So then you don't need the burner phone. Back to your original question. Risks about going to sports stadiums. Point. I will say I've gone to three games this year at Nissan Stadium. I thought the precautions were very good. I never got really close to anyone outside of our party. There's no lines at the bathroom, really. There's no lines to get food. 
Uh, there is just, uh, you know, all of the seats are zip tied. So you can't even sit like if somebody wanted to like skip down and like sit next to someone, they couldn't do that. I just feel like, uh, for the most part, it was a, a fairly safe experience, you know, nothing like Notre Dame rushing the field and having thousands of thousands <laughs> of people on the yeah, field. That was so stupid. I haven't seen any backlash from that. For those that have, there, oh, has there, there has been, they, they had to, the entire student population in Notre Dame had to take a COVID test goodness. that following Monday. That's the first time I said, goodness, this whole pod, you got to keep that in mind because there was uh, one where it was like 15 You're, times. We're playing, we're playing bad goodness I, bingo. New game. You got to take a shot. Every time I say my goodness, Nissan stadium, the precautions were, were, were pretty great. So I, I didn't feel like there was much of a risk. I will say there were, there were some older people there. Everybody wore masks. There were mask police, literally police and also just security guards. But, you know, it was tough. I, the last game was the Colts game. We did watch. We watched six, if I had to guess, 20 to 23-year-old guys get kicked out because they quite literally refused to wear the mask over and over again. The security went up. They said, hey, put your mask on. They said, sure, whatever. They took the mask off. Then security came back up and they went back down and they went back up. Next thing you know, three cops showed up and they said, get out of here, dude. That's it. So dude, that's, but that's, I, I am I, perfectly I mean, okay with that because you are taking a risk, right? You're taking a risk. You're going to be, you may not be, you know, six feet from something, but you're You're close, right? You're, you're close enough, at least getting in and out of the stadium. I'm not, you know, you're, you're not you know, shoulder to shoulder, that whole deal. But I, and I get that, but if you're not going to follow simple rules, like that's on this, to me, so on this very specific topic, not talking about compliance in general, but on this very specific topic, compliance is a pretty easy way to not cause controversy or start any sort of issue. You just comply. It's very easy. I'm not talking about any other sort of compliance thing with police and all that stuff. I'm talking about in this narrow situation, if you choose to go buy a ticket to be at that event and you know that masks are required, you just wear a mask. You know what I'm saying? It's very, it's very simple. Uh, if you, I mean, it's like when they change the rules for purses. Exactly. Clear now exactly. When you go into a stadium. You don't show up with a, with a bag, you know, they're going to kick you out or they're going to make you throw the bag out. I, it's, I don't know how hard it is. If you have an issue that you can't breathe, if you have an issue that you have a respiratory issue or you, you know, masks are bad for you. You know what? Don't buy a ticket. Don't show up. I mean, I'm I'm really sorry. That's pretty cut and dry for me. You know, if you have a problem yeah. going 90 miles an hour on the interstate, you're going to get a lot of speeding tickets. You just comply. I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you. You know, that's is that you? Your 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 point. You're, <laughs> that was me. The, that was me. Corey just pointed to himself when I said that. <laughs> that was me. That was me when I was younger, dude. I had so many tickets. Oh man, still one of my favorite, since we were talking about you sending me random weird pictures, one of my favorite pictures that you ever sent me was coming down Governors from the Mountain after it was your yep. first speeding ticket. And you you took a picture from sitting in your truck in the rear view mirror with the cop car behind you I after you still, got pulled over. You're like, my dad's going to be right, so bad. So that is a half truth. <laughs> I still have that photo. And, and here is, is what it is, truth. though. You, it was close. I had Clay Hyde, shout out Clay Hyde, was in the passenger seat of my truck when I was coming down the mountain. I was 17, I think. This was my first ticket ever. It was a stick shift yep. Ford Ranger that was lifted, which was total, totally not loved me, that Ford but I Ranger. loved it to death. So 
I'm coming down the mountain and I'm like, I'm not going to kill my brakes. I'm not going to, you know, downshift or whatever. I just threw that thing in neutral and we just cruised. And this mountain, the grade of that mountain is pretty steep. So I think oh, I yeah. was actually lucky that he only clocked me at like, I think he got me at 56 and a 40, which 40 is almost nearly impossible. You have to crank, you have to crush your brakes to go 40 because it's so steep. Um, but I get it because people have died on that mountain. So now saying that out loud, I feel bad, but Clay is in the passenger seat. And this was looking back, the lawyer brain is going weird on this situation. I'm 17. So I don't know the difference. The cop comes up, talks to me. He says, all right, son, hop out, come get in my passenger seat while I write the ticket. And that was a really weird thing, which I did not have to comply with now that I look back now, but I'm again, I'm 17. I don't know anything. And it wasn't, there was nothing bad that happened. Nothing weird. It was probably, I don't know if he thought I was going to run. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he thought I was like, did I look like, you a, look like a runner? I mean, I don't know. I was 17 years old. I'm like, yeah, you look so, like a runner. I remember getting into the car and he typed up the ticket. He asked me all the questions. It was easy. Maybe it was easier for him to do that instead of asking me on the side of the road. I don't know. Again, lawyer brain going weird looking back but what had happened was i get out of the car clay clever 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 girl he's a boy took a picture (laughs) he took a picture in the in the side mirror of the passenger side of the truck as i'm getting out of the cop car it made the rounds it made the rounds amongst amongst the friends that getting out of a cop car looking all kinds of guilty i was just speeding i mean that's right. I don't. I really don't speed that much now, but uh, I definitely got got caught that day, and uh, that was a classic. I still have that photo, me getting so, out of the cop car. Your story brought up two car stories for me. All right, both both involving okay. risk. The first one uh, is is one of my Navy buddies, Winston. So this guy, he had never had a car before, never anything. Uh, he was in the nuclear engineering program with me in the Navy. And they, they, they pay you pretty well. Uh, it's a very, you know, few that get accepted to this program, even few that make it all the way through. And once you make it through, they, they reward you. Right. So his first little bit of money, he goes out and buys him a new car and he was just his first car. Doesn't know how to take care of it. Doesn't know anything about it. He knows how to drive, has a license, but that's about the extent of his car knowledge. Okay. And so he's driving it and, uh, you know, he lived up in uh, North Georgia and we were stationed down in, in, in Florida. Right. So he's, he's making that drive a lot, puts a lot of mileage on this car pretty quickly. Never gets an oil change. Guess what happens after 40, about 40,000 miles? 40,000. Oh, it made it to 40. It was a brand oh, new car. No. It was a brand new car. So yeah, it made it a good while. 40,000 miles and it locked up on him on the interstate he had to call like one of like our chiefs to come pick him up in the middle of nowhere, Georgia. You're talking about somebody that got so mad so fast. Oh, it was bad. It, it, but it's one of my greatest, like, I love telling that story because it's so stupid. That's like, how do you embarrassing. Know but, anyway, okay. <laughs> but right? I've been there. Right? Not. You've not, not gone that long without change, an oil change. But I have a similar story. And this is interesting because it's risk that I didn't even like, you know, in the back of your mind, you should be doing these things, but you're just so unorganized that you don't do them. So I, 
you're supposed to renew your tags once a year. <laughs> Hold on. Dude, come on. So I, I can't remember all of the things that happened. I, I don't – between school and work and everything – I just procrastination and just, I didn't set a reminder. I didn't, I think, I think what it was, was I had moved and usually they send you a reminder thing in the mail. Hey, it's time to renew your tags or they send you an email or whatnot. I got no reminder, which, Hey, that's on them. That's on me. I go to the back of my car. One day I parked, I always back into every spot that I go into valet game. So I go and I parked in forward and I think I got to my car and I'm like, huh, that says January, 2018 on it. That's interesting. It's uh, man, it's uh, it's July, 2019. That's, that's uh, that's a, that's a little past due. So (laughs) I honestly, nice. Honestly, that I did not get pulled over. For, uh, okay, I don't know if it was right. – it was at least a year. It was at least 12 months. I think it might have been 14 months because I, re- I specifically remember That's going crazy. in to the DMV or to the whatever the state building is, and I said, hey, uh, need to uh, update the old registration here. And they're like, oh, wait, oh, wait, you didn't – so you haven't done it. When's the – oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, sir, you're going to have to – you're gonna have to pay for last year's and this year's. <laughs> so I had, yep, to, sounds I had about right. to pay for like the 2018 one and then the future 2019 one. And that only got me like eight months or nine or something like that. So <laughs> so needless to say, 2020, about I don't know, three or four months ago, I went and got my tags uh updated uh, two months or a month and a half in advance. I felt really proud of that moment. I felt like, okay, that was a mistake that I make once. And you know what? I was very, very lucky that I didn't get pulled over because they would have ticketed me for sure. I mean, no oil That's change, so well right got there, mine my done friend. today, it, you know, bite the bullet, but it's got to be done, you know, got to be done. Can't take that yeah, risk. You don't want to be locked risk. up on the side so, of the interstate, exactly, especially before going home exactly. for Thanksgiving. Can't do it. Got to get that turkey. Uh, all right. Last, last story for me on, on the car stuff, because this is when we it involves both of us okay. when we were younger. And it was it was New Year's, I and I had this one a couple bottles of, of, of alcohol in the in the back. Um, just champagne. yeah, it's just champagne, nothing crazy. I but I had it um, like on ice in a bucket, like that was like had a it top was a, on it, the it was time, a whatever. tin bucket, which was uh, weird. It was like it was a, a Christmas, it was a Christmas candy, tin bucket. It was a it's a Christmas lot. cookie tin bucket that you would. That, that, <laughs> A teddy bear. You had a it. teddy bear, and you, you'd put ice in there, and there were two champagne bottles, and they're just tinging around. Ting, 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 ting. And uh, talking about going oh. 90 on the highway. So we were following each other going to a, um, to a party, and I, we weren't going we're, quite We're 90, going on the I was parkway speeding for sure. in Huntsville, which I think is 45 or 50, yeah. and you're, pr- you're probably going 60, oh, 60. Yeah, I was going a lot faster something. than that. I got pulled over. But because it was New Year's, there's 8 million cops out. So once one pulls you over, 14 more pull up. And uh, Van is following me. So he pulls off to the side and just is kind of uh, – because I pulled over to a parking lot. He just kind of pulled over and is watching. And then all of a sudden, all these other cop cars show up. 
and he thinks I'm going to jail for like a DUI, you know, like having all for the this re- for the record you and stuff in the car. I when I we had not we had not been drinking at no, all. We were not, not drinking all. and driving. It was just you get pulled over, you got all this alcohol in the car. <laughs> And Vance, because he goes into his grandpa mode, thinks I'm going to jail before we get to this party. Oh man, it was it was it was a, it was nothing happened. I got a quick ticket. They shine a flashlight at me I a couple I, times, and I was go on my way. But because all these cop cars showed up, Vance freaking out. Oh, I think man, I, I was, went protector mode. And I called you. I was simple. like, dude, I can come back and vouch for you, man. Like I can tell them that like you hadn't drank anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just uh, I'm holding my breath in this parking good. lot right next, like two like two turns next, like off to the side, and I'm like, oh my god, he's going to jail. Oh no. And like for what? Like we really like all things considered, hadn't done anything bad. And so Nothing. just you know, freak out brain is happening, and I'm just like, oh my goodness, no. And then uh you made it, and we had a we made it to the party and everything was fine. We had a great time. And we had a great time. And we had a great story to so to many. talk to everybody one, about one once many. we got there. But yeah, man, I mean, listen, I think in my mind, risk can't define you, right? You can't be defined by risk. I do, I do think that there are times where you have to take a calculated, mitigated risk because you're never going to change. I don't think you'll ever get better without doing so. And in my mind, even if you take a risk and it goes badly, you, at least you tried. That, that, that's kind of what I, in summation, think, think really think about. Think back to what we risk. said early on, like defining risk. Some people, because it's so subjective, some people define risk as like embarrassment. Some people define risk as uncomfortability, you know? So I think some people get stuck in a rut or get stuck in a job or get stuck in a situation because the risk of being uncomfortable stops them from trying harder or from trying to put themselves out there to uh, a potential romantic partner or maybe to for a, a promotion or whatever. I think that that the lack of being able to take risks can hinder people. But again, that's a, it's a very subjective thing. You know, on the flip side, some people who don't think that there's a risk at all will act a certain way and that will hinder them as well. So I think you've got to understand to you individually, what do you, what do you consider risk? And you got to make a calculation. If you're not thinking about that, then you're, then you're really in trouble. <laughs> if you, it's, 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 a, it's an emotional awareness, yeah, emotional I mean, intelligence of some sort where it's like, I understand that I think that this is a risk, but I'm going to do this anyways, because if I, if I take this risk and it works out, then I'll, I'll get ahead. And some people are incapable of, of making those kind of decisions. Um, and sometimes they work out better than they should. Some people get lucky. I hate that. I absolutely hate that where some people roll the dice. They bet their entire life savings in their house on, on black versus on black versus red and they won a million dollars. And it's like, Oh, that's not even fair. Uh, but then flip side, some people get just absolutely frozen by it too. So I think my, my closing remarks then would be, listen, if you're sitting in a situation Robert Frost style. Do I go right? Do I go left? Take the risk. You'll either be great for it, be grateful for or it. Or you'll never live it down. Everybody will remind you of it for all time. I yep. <laughs> later, it's funny how later on in life, I would, I would agree to take the calculated risk and weigh the pros and cons and don't, don't dwell on it for too long. Go with your gut, 
go with your gut. If the risky move feels right and you've calculated it and you know you can't lose too much or you or you can lose enough, or you can live with how much you lose, go for it. Go for it. took a risk look at you you spent an hour of your time listening to Corey and i talk and man i really hope it was worth it for you all joking aside thank you so much for tuning in as a reminder you can interact with us on twitter at talking underscore b underscore s and you can of course find us on all major podcasting platforms including anchor apple and spotify this has been another episode of talking bs